Good morning. Today is lesson 170. There is no cruelty in God and none in me. There is no cruelty in God and none in me. No one attacks without intent to hurt. This can have no exception. When you think that you attack in self-defense, you mean that to be cruel is protection. You're safe because of your cruelty. You mean that you believe to hurt another brings you freedom. And you mean that to attack is to exchange the state in which you are for something better, safer, or more secure from dangerous invasion and from fear. Wow, that's a lot. As I was reading that, I was thinking about military excursions. One country attacking another and that one retaliating by counterattack, killing, maiming, destroying. In the name of safety, in the name of freedom, Continuing, how thoroughly insane is the idea that to defend from fear is to attack. For here is fear begot and fed with blood to make it grow and swell and rage. And thus is fear protected, not escaped. When we attack from a place of fear and somebody dies or is injured, that perpetuates fear. It doesn't escape from fear. Continuing, today we learn a lesson which can save you more delay and needless misery than you can possibly imagine. And it is this. You make what you defend against. By your own defense against it, is it real and inescapable? We make what we are defending against. And by defending against it, we're making it real. And when we're making it real, we're making it inescapable. We can't get away from it. Lay down your arms, and only then do you perceive it false. There's a great picture I saw on Reddit somewhere, and it actually had two pictures. And the first picture was the head of a little girl with a boot on it, like stepping on it, like the head was laying on the ground and this boot was stepping on the head. And the expression on the face was very fearful and painful. And at the top it said, before spiritual awakening. The second picture was pulled back and you could see the face was laughing and the boot was not on the foot of someone who was attacking this little girl. It was her own hand that was in the boot that was on her head. 
it was it was a great picture and that's what this is talking about at first before spiritual awakening this little girl thought that someone was harming her and after spiritual awakening she realized she was doing it to herself and it made her laugh and brought her freedom so lay down your arms and only then do we perceive fear and vulnerability and pain as false when we stop defending against it. Continuing, it seems to be the enemy without that you attack. It seems to be the enemy outside of ourselves that we attack. Yet, your defense, your defense sets up an enemy within, an alien thought at war with you, depriving you of peace, splitting your mind into two camps which seem wholly, wholly, completely irreconcilable. For love now has an enemy, an opposite, and fear, the alien, now needs your defense against the threat of what you really are. Next are the attributes of love bestowed upon its quote-unquote enemy. For fear becomes your safety and protector, your peace to which you turn for solace and escape from doubts about your strength and for hope of rest in dreamless quiet. And as love is shorn of what belongs to it and it alone, love is endowed with the attributes of fear. For love would ask you to lay down all defenses as merely foolish, and your arms or weapons indeed would crumble into dust, for such they are. <clears throat> With love as enemy, must cruelty become a god? Small g, and small g gods demand that those who worship them obey their dictates and refuse to question them. Harsh punishment is meted out relentlessly to those who ask if the demands are sensible or even sane. It is their enemies who are unreasonable and insane, while they are always merciful and just. It's like fear is the captor and lover in the Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome is a, a name for victims of um, kidnap, where their kidnappers treat them horribly, yet convince them that they're doing it because they love them. And the victim then believes that their captor is their lover and defender. Continuing, today we look upon this cruel God dispassionately, and we note that though his lips are smeared with blood, and fire seems to flame from him, he is but made of stone. We can do nothing. We need not defy his power because he has none. And those who see in him their safety have no guardian, no strength to call upon in danger, and no mighty warrior to fight for them. This moment, the moment of recognizing that can be terrible but it can also be the time of your release from abject slavery. Now you have a choice to make. 
standing before this idol, seeing him exactly as he is, will you restore to love what you have sought to wrest from it and lay before this mindless piece of stone? Or will you make another idol to replace it? For the god of cruelty takes many forms. Another can be found. Yet do not think that fear is the escape from fear. Let us remember what the text has stressed about the obstacles to peace. The final one, the final obstacle to peace, the hardest to believe, is nothing. And a seeming obstacle with the appearance of a solid block, impenetrable, fearful, and beyond surmounting, the fear of God himself. Here is the basic premise which enthrones the thought of fear as God. For here, for fear, is loved by those who worship it. And love appears to be invested now with cruelty. Where does the totally insane belief in gods of vengeance come from? Love has not confused its attributes with those of fear. Yet, must the worshippers of fear perceive their own confusion in fear's quote-unquote enemy? Its cruelty as now part of love. And what becomes more fearful than the heart of love itself? The blood appears to be on his lips. The fire comes from him, and he is terrible above all else, cruel beyond conception, striking down all who acknowledge him to be their God. The choice you make today is certain, for you look for the last time upon this bit of carbon stone that you made and call it God no longer. You have reached this place before, but you have chosen that this cruel God remain with you in still another form. And so the fear of God returned with you. This time, you leave it there. And you return to a new world, unburdened by its weight, beheld not in its sightless eyes, but the vision that your choice is that your choice restored to you. Now do your eyes belong to Christ, and he looks through them. Now your voice belongs to God and echoes his. <clears throat> and now your heart remains at peace forever. You have chosen him, the true God, in place of idols, and your attributes given by your creator are restored to you at last. The call for God is heard and answered. Now fear has made a way for love, as God himself replaces cruelty. Father, we are like you. No cruelty abides in us, for there is none in you. Your peace is ours, and we bless the world with what we have received from you alone. We choose again and make our choice for all our brothers, knowing they are one with us. We bring them your salvation as we have received it now, and we give thanks for them who render us complete. In them we see your glory, and in them we find our peace. Holy are we because your holiness 
has set us free, and we give thanks. Amen. There is no cruelty in God, therefore there is none in us. Today, I wish you a day of choice. Many blessings. Namaste.